0: Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100WattsAndAWire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and a Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100 watts and a wire dot com. And ICOM. Going to Hamvention 2019? Become one of the lucky winners to take home a limited edition swag kit. Visit ICOM's website to enter into this swag contest today, icomamerica.com slash amateur. And LDG. LDG makes small, lightweight tuners ideal for portable and emergency operations. Some can operate on internal batteries for months of normal use, making them easy to carry, install, and use in the field. Visit ldgelectronics.com. And BioNO Power, offering the best-performance lithium-iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit bioenopower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide.
1: And now from Grid Square Echo Mike 48. This is 100 watts and a wire.
0: Okay friends, we're going to try to do this after about 10 to 14 days of being ill. I think finally I can do about 8 minutes before my voice gives out. I tried to call a little DX over the weekend. That, that is a distant station a different country. Not too far away. It was just Cuba. It was Guantanamo Bay, and it was a naval base there. And I don't hear them that much, and I look back into my log, and I thought, all right, let me give them a call, and there was a huge pileup. Meanwhile, I've been uh, under the weather, as they may say. Sinuses, the chest crud, the coughing at night. I'm going to try to sleep standing up tonight, because as soon as I get horizontal, on that couch that I've been uh, intimate with. Not like that, dude. For the last week. Just start the cough and you know what it's like. You've been around long enough. You're old. You're old. I'm old too, man. So it's been like that for me. and uh, Which is a bummer. It's just a bummer. I feel like maybe I'm on the, the tail end. Because I have a voice. That's not so clogged up. Anyway, nobody cares about this stuff. Thank you for dropping me the line. I tell you, adding uh, a couple of shortwave listening stations that are worldwide, all four corners of the planet, you know, it's it's a reach. I mean, the Internet is amazing, of course. Podcasting is great, of course. But adding the shortwave listening, you know, to be getting mail from uh really far away places, like wow, what, what, what did I say? Did I say that? Oof, maybe I did. So welcome to every one of our subscribers and listeners from around the world on shortwave radio. Radio is still alive. There's some debate about that, isn't it? Ah, oh, Jimmy. This ham radio's dying. It's not anything like we used to do, Jimmy. I remember when we used to go out and we'd be uh, taking your car. We'd uh, head out to the park there. Just at uh, when it started to get dark there, Jimmy. We were working all kind of DX. Nowadays, these some bitches come along and ruin everything. I think it started with the code. They took the code away, and next thing you know, it's... Uh, and the code's still there, Jimmy code is still there, and some of the people who love the code still use the code, Bob. I know, Jimmy. I don't know. I'm just trying to reminisce about those good old days when the sunspot and the sun treated us and now. The sun doesn't even like us anymore. Ah, oh, Jimmy. Bob. Calm down, Bob. Big, 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 big week. Most anticipated week in amateur radio is Dayton. The Dayton Hamvention is this week. Depending on when you listen to this, it's this week. And on the show this week, we are going to flashback. Incidentally, it is show number 200. Never thought we'd do this many. Um, but, you know, I went to book some big guests, too. You know, oh, like, well, other people are doing things. Maybe I should uh, do some big guests. I tried to get Gary Coleman dead. How about Ricardo Maltoban? Ricardo Maltoban, remember him? Fantasy Island. He'd be perfect for 100 watts in a wire. Dead. Dead. The professor from Gilligan's Island. Dead. So, I don't know that amateur radio is dying, but our 70s icons are... Damn. Just could not get a guest for the big 200th show. So what we're going to do, we're going to flash back a little bit. We'll talk about Dayton because, again, it is one of the things. And I believe that you should go to Dayton at least once. It's kind of, you know, people I've heard people say it's like coming to Mecca. I think I've heard that and said that. I don't know about all that. It's a great ham fest. It is huge. The um, now Bear with me, man. My mind is still not finely tuned. Some may say, see, child, it never was, brah, man, never was. You are not ready for brain surgery. But the flea market at uh, the Dayton Hamvention is one of my favorite things. I just love seeing all the stuff that I love in one place. Sure, there's a lot of junk there. Look, if a ham is ready to let it go, you got a question. You know, maybe you find a place you can plug some things in and test it before you buy it. But, you know, most hams are good people. You get out there and you'll find something that you don't see every day. The other side of this is that you can see what's coming down the pike. You can dream a little bit. You can see beautiful towers that go up and down that cost $40,000. You can see the new technology that's coming out, the beautiful new radios. And you may find that gem outside. Inside, though, you know, I worry a little bit about the future of the ham fest only because everything you see that's beautiful on the inside can be ordered before you even get there. You know what I mean? You can get it online and get it to you within a day or two, maybe even get a rebate. Not so much at the flea market outside. There could be something there you just want to pick up. I like the smalls. You know, picking up connectors and a little bit of cable, maybe, or just finding that thing that you just think is, is, uh, what's the word, aesthetically pleasing in your shack. Again, lots of cold medicine, NyQuil, these sorts of things. Still run through the veins early in the morning. I won't be making it to Dayton, but we will have some boots on the ground this year. I've fallen into an every other year sort of thing, and frankly, it is just the year where I've got a lot going on. My wife is in school. Uh, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, but it is a, it's a change for the young family uh, because she has to travel uh, to Germany. Uh, for several weeks, she has to go to another state. Uh, Roanoke, Virginia, again. You remember, if you dig back into last year, I had a fight with a mother cow last summer. Yeah, that was uh, our time in Roanoke. So it's like five weeks on the road three overseas and it's changed things a lot of things that you know family first you get it we'll have some boots on the ground though of this year to you know bring us the sights and sounds and we'll go back and revisit there's a lot of interesting people who listen to our show who want to offer perspective so we'll see what comes in you're welcome to record something if you're there and you see something that is just amazing or somebody you really want to talk to by all means do it for yourself Pull out your cell phone if you want to. You don't have to be fancy. just pull out your cell phone. Talk to somebody who's interesting. See a new product. Let us know you be the eyes, but we've got some people there, and uh one of them is Paul Brown now last year, somehow this escaped me, and I did an interview with Paul and didn't play it. i didn't for some I'm gonna play it this year though, and also uh. Dave Kastler, who I played last year, I thought it was a good interview just about the future of ham radio and that sort of thing. So we'll do that and do a little bit of a flashback on this episode of 100 Watts in a Wire. But before we get to that, I need to tell you about June 7th through the 9th. It is the 100 Watts in a Wire Antenna Tune-Up. I have changed the focus of the tune-up this time around. We used to get outside, get outdoors, get ready for field day, and that's still great. You can still do all of that. But the focus of the spring activity is an antenna tune-up. It is a celebration of the antenna, June 7th through the 9th. Get on the air, and it may sound like this, or maybe you're spinning the dial. You may hear CQ, CQ, CQ 100 watts in a wire antenna tune-up. And when the people come back to you, teach them about the show, teach them about the community, exchange your information about your antenna. That's what it is. That's what we're doing. Get 10 contacts and you can enter into a random drawing for prizes. However, it is not a contest. Visit 100wattsonawire.com, click activities. You can learn all about the exchange, but we're going to celebrate the antenna June 7th through the 9th. Hope to hear you.
1: The Kilo station again, again, again. Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel, your 5'9".
0: Right. ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, is coming soon. This new radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 all mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features such as dedicated amateur satellite operation, a color touchscreen, D-Star capability, RF direct sampling on 2-meter and 70-centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation as well as dual watch, and 100 watts max output power on 2 meters, 75 watts on 70 centimeters, and 10 watts max on 1.2 gigahertz. Visit icomamerica.com backslash amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. And Max Gain Systems, your source for fiberglass tube and rod, the perfect material for push-up mast, antenna building, and support projects. RF connectors and adapters, highest quality at lowest prices. Visit them online at
1: mgs4u.com. That's Mike, Golf, Sugar, the number four, the the U. Dot com here's christian kilo zero sierra tango hotel
0: i will apologize for the sound of my voice and uh having a weak body it's one of those times where you have that cold or that uh influenza where you're coughing and your body hurts because you've been coughing so much i'm hoping to get things sorted out in the next day or two because dave matthews is coming to town He is in my top tier now. He's in my top tier. Special because my youngest, she's four. She's going to be five in August. Her first concert. Her sister was the same age, the same band. As a first concert. I know, that's a parent wind. Or not a wind, a win. Adding letters to words. So I'm trying to get better for that. And uh, we're going to go, for sure. Things are looking up, but the voice, you know. Bear with me, a little cloudy. Last year, 2018, Xenia, Ohio. I stayed in a bed and breakfast. No, no, no. What do they call it? Airbnb. An Airbnb. It was about 10 minutes away through the rolling hills of Xenia, Ohio. Had a good time. Little sleepy town we stayed near was just. It wasn't really happening. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, nothing was happening in it. That's the thing. It was cute and quaint, but nothing. I was like, where do I get a pizza here? Can I get a pizza delivered? Uh, you know, other than that, this event is its one of the coolest big events, and I think people go and have a great time because they see their friends that they've met on the air or who they've known for a long time, or perhaps you've saved up your money and you're going to finally pop on that new radio or you're just looking for something out in the flea market you know the camaraderie is why a lot of people go and i went last year you know just to to hang out and meet friends we were at mcom one Uh, that's where we were stationed last year and friends would come by and we would talk we all know about amateur radio newsline at this point now i've done some work with them Uh, Over the last few years Uh, Not as much in recent times But uh, last year I got to sit down with Karen Eve Murray and Paul Brown I did not play this back I don't understand why I imagine it's pretty good So uh, we'll listen to it both again You and me for the first time Well we're here with Paul Brown WD9 GCO My brother from I would say another mother We look similar don't you think? Absolutely you have a, a, I have just a little more on top. You got a lot. You got a lot more on top. Holding on to it. You're doing great. Uh, Amateur Radio Newsline is what I meant to say. Uh, but we are like a family at Amateur Radio Newsline. We've uh, endured a couple of days of rain, but that's pretty traditional for uh, the Dayton Hamvention. Paul, why are these these gatherings here? This one's kind of unique. It's kind of like coming to Mecca. But why are Hamfest? This one in particular is still important to our community.
2: It's really a gathering of a tribe. I mean, it's a chance to to gather with a bunch of fellow people who understand your obsession with this hobby. And one of the cool things about a ham fest is that you get to meet the people in person that you talk to on the air all the time. Like, you know, especially like with Newsline, those of us, we're scattered around the country. And some of us live like in Australia and Germany and England and that and it's a chance to finally get to meet and hang out for a weekend together as, as friends. So um, you, you get to meet the people that you've talked to, that you've seen on podcasts, that you've listened to, you've talked to on the air for years, and you've never met them in person, and you get to do that. I think a big
0: part of this is what you're saying, the camaraderie of this. Uh, I didn't come here to buy anything, and I didn't come here to sell anything. It's come, you know, and say hello, these eyeball Cusos, as we call them. Um, but we we're learning about every day we've got a whole generation of hams that are passing um the elmers it scares me that our elmers are, are dying off and most of the younger people who are coming in are buying things offline have you had any time to think about that and how that is affecting maybe not this one so much because this one is just a bigger thing but the smaller ones the small town ones there's one up near you in chicago
2: what can they do? Is there anything to do? It is. It's tough because a lot of the club memberships are going down, too, for the same reason. And a lot of the ham fests that I've been to in recent years have been a lot smaller because uh, a lot of the memberships are, are kind of dwindling. And you're right. The, the, it's, that's a big topic right now is how to attract the younger hams to get them interested because the technology is changing now. There are those that love the retro and enjoy this this cool thing that their grandparents did with tubes and that. But then a lot of them now are starting to realize that you can tie ham radio in with computers and modern things. And so, but I agree. It's uh, especially with our club. Our club membership, the club I belong to, back in the seventies and the eighties, there were like two three hundred members in our club, and now we're down to like thirty. And uh, a lot of them are, are older, and it's difficult to attract overall younger people to the hobby and a lot of it depends on the school too if the school has a system and a curriculum that aims towards that like like news neil rapp is a high school teacher and his sci- he's a, sci- a chemistry teacher but his club has a ham radio his school has a ham radio club um, because he's interested in that he shows that passion he gets the kids interested in all the different facets of what radio can do and you need somebody like that to get the kids interested Let's shift to amateur radio newsline for a little bit.
0: You and I have come along after Bill Pasternak's um, departure from this planet, right? He created this great thing. It's gone forty years, and I was talking to Karen. Uh, what's her call? KD2GUT. Uh, my dyslexia kicks in right at the right times, Paul. And we were talking a little bit yesterday about how this thing runs like a clock, you know. and, and I and I said to her, I think Bill would be really proud because. He would know this is going to happen on the on the time it's supposed to. And I think he struggled in his lifetime sometimes. Imagine mailing cassette tapes out across the country. Uh, what's it mean to you to be a, a member of that team, uh, to produce every week, and to just
2: know that that legacy is, is moving forward? It means a lot to me. Um, I, I really like to think that Bill would be proud of the work that we're continuing to do to keep his legacy alive. When I was young, Uh, when I first became a ham, I lived down by you. Um, I lived in southern Illinois about an hour outside of St. Louis, and I belonged to a a radio club in Marissa, Illinois. And our club on the repeater every week would carry the Westlink report, which was the predecessor to what's now Amateur Radio Newsline. That was Bill's first thing. And every week you would have to dial up the auto patch on the repeater, and you would have to dial into a bank of answering machines, and it would play it back. So, I was familiar with it from listening to it as a kid, and the fact that now I get to be part of that is, for me personally, very cool. And yeah, when Bill started, he convinced a lot of his friends who were in broadcasting who had nothing to do with ham radio to record these stories and help him with this and he would fedex tapes across the country back and forth to get everything assembled on a a timely basis and it was a nightmare now with the internet we simply record things we upload it to dropbox the whoever's the anchor for that week pulls them down and puts it together and we're there and distribution for everybody is simple we upload it to our website and you can listen to there or it comes down as a podcast there's repeaters that download the file once a week and play it shortwave radio uh, wtww broadcast it once a week so the mechanics of doing it are much easier now thanks to modern technology of the internet but the heart of it is the re- the reporting And the fact that all of us that are involved in this are very passionate about doing it right and keeping it in Bill's memory and do the right thing. And, uh, you know, it's like you understand, too, like the months or the, you know, whenever it's your turn to anchor, it's all about making it sound as professional and as tight uh, as as we can and, and keeping on topic. You know, there are, we have the heavier moments when we have disasters and things, and then there are the, we throw in the lighter side of ham radio to kind of keep it balanced, and that's a big part of, of, of that is Karen, um, as our editor and who organizes all of that. If it weren't for Karen, it would be really tough to do what we do. I think one of the major things that changed because I used to listen before
0: I joined is the international presence. Now there seems to be. And I guess that's Karen as well. It's very easy to add it and, you know, adopt that sort of thing. But uh, it's really cool to hear different voices, too, from different
2: parts of the world. Yeah, because we've got Ed in Germany and we've got uh, a couple in Great Britain. We've got uh, Australia and New Zealand. So they do the stories that come from over there. And it, it feels more authentic because that's where they're from. So, yeah, and it does add a different flavor to what we do, and that's possible because of the Internet. Hey, go and stay dry.
0: Where are you headed now? You're going to go.
2: It's like just about lunchtime. Yeah, I'm going to grab some food and head back to the Newsline booth, and then uh, this evening uh, we're all going to try, as a, as a family, we're going to try to go visit the uh, Voice of America Museum at the Bethany Relay Station and try to get on there because their club station is on tonight, so we're gonna, all going to try to work something from the VOA. Oh. So. <sighs> Oh, that sounds fun. You need to. I need to go. I need to go.
0: All right, the sun's coming out, and Paul's getting hungry and agitated with me, but uh, thank you, brother. We'll
2: talk again soon. All right, thanks, Christian. It's fun. Stay dry. Well, you're under a tent. It's easier for you.
1: (laughs) In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 watts and a wire.
0: LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need, from QRP to QRO fix station portable and remote, matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. Our generic desktop tuners work automatically with nearly any radio, while our brand-specific tuners are customized to popular models. LDG's zero-power tuners are ideal for portable or mobile use, as they consume almost no power at all in their standby state. Some can be powered by internal batteries that last for months of normal use. Our weatherproof remote tuners install at the antenna feed point, greatly reducing SWR losses in the coax. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And SNS Engineering, an engineering design firm specializing in hardware and industrial design. From concept to production, we have a range of 19-inch rack-mount solutions for Elecraft, Icom, and Kenwood radios. Also available are tabletop aluminum racks to streamline your installation for desktop use. Custom designs are our specialty. Visit us online at snsengineering.com.
1: Made in America. Shared Worldwide. This is 100 Watts and a Wire.
0: Hey, it's Christian. Kilo Zero, Sierra Tango Hotel, flashing back to Dayton Hamvention 2018. Uh, We heard from Paul Brown from Amateur Radio Newsline. And I want to play back a Dave Kassler interview. I had not met Dave before that. We had talked about getting together, perhaps on each other's shows. He does a YouTube channel. uh, It's a popular one. He's teaching people, the next generation. He's an engineer. And I would go there from time to time. Now, I'm not listening to anything on an episodic basis. That's just kind of where I am right now. But if I'm trying to learn about a specific thing, that's where I go. I'll go to somebody who's already done a piece on it. Maybe not so much an unboxing, but let's break it out. Let's try it. Let's test it. Let's see how to tune it. That's the kind of work that he's doing. And so if I'm at that point, that's how I'll go and uh, use YouTube if you will. Hopefully that makes sense. But he's got a big brain. I enjoyed talking to him, and I wanted to share that conversation because it is Dayton Hamvention Week. Flashback to 2018. Here's Dave Kastler. All right, we're here with Dave, the original OG. He is a, a YouTube rock star. Are you getting comfortable with all these subscribers?
3: It's a little surprising. I'm up to 35,000 right now. It's a little frightening, actually. Well, we were just, we were talking about, you
0: gave me a nice compliment on the logo, so I figured I'd tell you this story to figure, finish that up. was working with a guy named Doug Graham in St. Louis, and all I wanted was a vintage look of the QSL cards from the olden times, from the 40s and the 50s. And so these young guys are so smart and bright, and you just kind of let them work. But I showed him examples you could find off, off of line to just figure it out. So it, it, I appreciate you... Uh, you first stopping by and recognizing the um, the uh, logo for the show. I, I uh, it's the first time we've met. You've taught me a lot. I can tell you that I've I've watched your show quite a bit, oh, wow. and uh, from your unboxings, it's funny because there was a time where you were unboxing things and I was unboxing things too. Uh, the Mag Loop from MFJ and your struggle that you had to struggle with that. I thought you know this is great because he's giving an honest report. You were struggling on 40 meters and you didn't just take it and sell it as, uh, the, the greatest thing. And I thought this guy's telling the truth. This is important stuff. And, uh, if you're going to dish out, I think you even said, if you're going to dish out 400 bucks, 40 meters should be working. And you worked on the problem. Uh, tell me about your approach to what you do and as an engineer i know that you're either
3: you're always an engineer i'm sure but tell me about your approach and what you're looking for in the show the show is for uh newcomers when i was a new ham i had no mentor and i had to figure out everything by myself and needless to say it was difficult and i made a lot of mistakes And I realized that when I had been up at BYU, which is where I got my license at the club station there, it was so handy to have people nearby who could take a problem that had me completely flummoxed and go, the solution is simple, it's this. I didn't have that. So I thought, well, you know, there's an awful lot of hams in that position. So first, if I can teach them through the tech general and extra classes, And teach them about ham radio and whenever something comes to mind as I'm going through a problem or there's a weird question or something like that, it give them a little background on the thing. The more background people have, the more they can put things together and come up with solutions. And then I've been doing Ask Dave videos, which have been very much driven by the audience as to the subjects that are in them. And then people started sending me radios and things like that to test and i tried to take the point of view i'm a newcomer i don't know how this thing works let me see what i can do so the whole point of view is i'm not in my head when i'm doing this i'm in someone else's head who's seeing this for the first time you know for example i'm going to sh- do a show on uh, dayton but i'm not going to say hey we're at dayton we're doing great things i'm going to say this is a hamvention This is what a hamvention does. This is why people gather. These are the services that are offered. These are the things that you can do. It's not just vendors. It's not just flea market. It's not just forums. It's a combination of all of those. So my background in engineering is as a systems engineer, and I've been trained to look at the big picture and look at why is this thing even being done and then try and help people get to where they get. And i got to tell you, I'm wearing my shirt with my OG logo on it today, and as I go around uh, yesterday, I was approached by quite a few people, and it's, a, a, frankly, a, a head-sized building experience to, uh, to, to talk to people. And it's, it's wonderful, wonderful to meet the fans.
0: So you're saying you've seen the big picture of your head expanding just here. As an engineer, your head and your ego
3: are all expanding. I think you can still get through the uh, Maxim Hall, though. I think I probably can, but, uh, you know, I say head expanding. It's also a remarkably uh, humbling, humbling affair to uh, to do that because, you know, very often the people that I have as uh viewers are learning these things for the first time. And I feel a tremendous responsibility to get it right. Don't spread falsehood. Don't spread opinion. Uh, You know, I'll, I'll be happy to express opinions, but they're going to be marked as such. But if I tell somebody that they should use such and such a coax, you know, I need to believe that and it's got to work. And so I can't say, you know, run out and use a forty meter uh, forty that loop on forty meters, and you'll have great results because you won't. so i'm I'm just trying to be honest and helpful and help people build their intuition about ham radio so that they can have a good experience. and that they can they can uh, thrive on the air. That's what I want i can I can consider myself one of your
0: students now, but see, and it's been from a distance because we have that screen, and what I do when I watch YouTube and I watch your videos, I go to write what you've done. I may not catch it episode to episode, but I'll go back and say, "Dave just did something here, and i can I can look at it here you're I think you tune that antenna. You did something with the how, how you do that. And I said, I need to know how to do that. How do you tune this mag loop or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And I go back to visit that. And I think we have a synergy between our shows being a newer ham, not necessarily a younger ham. But my story goes I was lic- licensed in 2012, uh, did not have the money, had a young family, could not put up an HF rig. And uh, I needed to do the research, and I couldn't buy things you know the wrong purchases i could not afford to make mistakes in my buying and so this show uh, what i'm doing is mostly you look at a life of a ham but you see my struggles you see what i'm going through what i'm interested in yesterday someone tried to teach me about dmr i don't know anything about dmr (laughs) right so maybe that'll be some content for me in the future i'm in love with hf I can't take on a, a digital mistress at this time, so. But I think we have some synergies between your teaching and me being a newer ham that I appreciate.
3: So thank you. Well, we ought to find a way to get some synergy between our shows, so that uh, you know you can suggest topics to me, and maybe we could do interviews about them, because your show is interview podcast format, and uh, mine is more tutorial. Uh, oriented and i think there is a great opportunity because we're trying to teach people and we have to remember that the people who are watching and listening have sufficient humility they're willing to learn and try the new things that we try i feel a great sense of responsibility there that that i give people something good and and you do too and between the two of us you know, we're just both wonderful people, so we'll just make it work. <laughs> now, I feel
0: my brain and my head expanding. My system is now getting... <laughs> yeah, I think we could do that, and I think um, it's interesting. There's so many different podcasts, and I say, you know, that's... I don't see any particular podcast as competition. I think others do. I think others look at, say, 100 Watts in a Wire as a, a competitive thing. What I'm competing for is your time in your life. You know, I couldn't imagine putting on an hour show of me babbling on mm-hmm. and asking you to invest your lifetime. So, in other words, these guys who are putting out podcasts, that's fine. I think there's room enough for everybody, but my my competition is just trying to get your attention for a little bit of time and putting together something quality so you invest it, it well, you know? Right.
3: And... and- you know, it's fun to, to, to talk to people. I, my suffix is OG, that's my trademark, OG, and I call my viewers Augies, and I think we're developing a sense of community uh, in that sense. Uh, I've been trying to learn from YouTube because they're sending me things. Uh, you know, that now that I've got 35,000 subscribers, they're thinking maybe I'm up to something. So they're sending me ideas, and one of them is that I should you know we should have a name for ourselves, and so I thought of auggies and it it seems to have stuck and I've had people come up to me and say they're auggies, so that's good
0: two two last questions, and I'll let you go shop. One is um, bridging the gap between even my age and your age to. Our Elmers, we're losing our Elmers, is the point. And what do you think? Uh, shows like ours going to bridge this gap, or are you concerned about
3: the loss of the elders and our Elmers? Yes and no. Um, I'm not finding that the real old time hams are doing a lot of Elmering. Um, I think it's people who are a little bit younger who. Remember the trouble that they had to go through to become hams themselves. Who, once they figure it out, seem to have that great desire to share it. Um, I think that's a bit of a younger generation. Uh, we're losing the greatest generation. They're they're passing rapidly, and so ham radio by necessity will get younger. Um, you know, the greatest generation fought World War Two with Morse code. And that's wonderful, and, and I wish more of us knew Morse code. I, I started to try to teach a series on Saturday, but then I got sick, and, and everything had to stop for a while. But I'm coming out of all of that. You know, I lost a month, a month and a half uh, to that. I think it's the people who are going to teach are the people who are excited about it, and the people who are excited about it are the younger ones.
0: I think you answered my last question, but I'll give you some time to elaborate. I was going to ask you how you're feeling.
3: Better, much better. Uh, The initial parts of that medication change, I felt like an inner-city junkie trying to go through withdrawal. And uh, that's behind me. Now I'm almost done getting off the old medication and will be in a few days. And trying the newer medication, and it's making me kind of antsy. Drives my wife nuts at night. (laughs) It is a wiggler. wiggler. Uh, So it'll take a while to fine tune that, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling very upbeat on the new medication. Um, I think good things are ahead. Plus, I've hired for the summer an intern uh, who is a third year film student at BYU. Uh, who is now the Ask Dave editor, and he's going to handle putting together Ask Dave questions, because there are just too many for me to answer. Um, And we'll do more shows, so we'll have a separate series on Ask Dave, and then I'll continue with Ham Radio Answers for the uh, series that I'm doing now. I just released a video yesterday that almost has 2,000 views uh, it is a review of the new DSP uh, SDR Play Duo that just was announced here. So um, I've got to go find him and tell him his video's out. <laughs> it's so good to talk with you today. I, I'm just delighted by the work that you're doing and and uh, impressed, and of course, double impressed with your logo. Wish I had a logo that beautiful. <laughs> and uh, wish you all the best. I wish you uh,
0: Godspeed on your health. Thanks for what you do. I really appreciate what you do. And uh, people are out there who you may not meet or haven't met yet or, or really learning from what you're doing. So I look forward to working with
3: you as the, uh, the road comes. Well, very good. Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, YouTube slash user slash Dave Kassler, D-A-V-E-C-A-S-L-E-R. Take you straight to my channel. Thanks,
4: Dave.
1: Whether you say 73 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 watts and a wire.
4: So Christian has been talking about his new smash hit, Everybody 5'9", 5'9", Bounce With Me 5'9". But I'm here to talk about a kind of contesting where maybe not everyone's 5'9". Yeah, that's kind of strange, isn't it? But not to worry, it'll all make sense. So, tune across the bands. Probably in the non-phone portions. You'll probably hear some noise like Star Trek. You know, where they beam up Scotty or something. Well, my apologies, I'm, I'm not really a Trekkie, so I don't know the exact details. But you get the gist. Anyway, you hear this noise in short transmissions of about 14 seconds each. Uh, wait a minute, why am I even explaining this? I think every ham in the world today knows about FT-8 by now. Well, uh, yes, FT-8. So the 13 to 14 second transmissions that have taken the ham bands by storm. Today it accounts for roughly 70% of traffic on amateur bands. It's really a small wonder because these modes enable every ham to take part in amateur radio. Even those who live with antenna restrictions. I even heard some hams using a light bulb to make contacts which is kind of like mind blowing. But it is momentum that can't be denied. And now Joe Taylor and Steve Frank, the inventors of FT8, have done it again with a new mode called FT4. And this one is specifically meant for contesting. Well, let's go back a bit, though. The digital mode that most hams knew was RTTY, and at one time it was done on actual teleprinters, also known as heavy metal Eventually that made its way into amateur radio contests, and it has always been a strange beast. I found that a lot of RTTY contesters love that little niche. My good friend and former AWRL director, Frank Fallon, N2FF, is a really contester to his heart. He enjoys the mode and sitting behind the keyboard for an entire weekend. Strangely enough, Many RTTY contesters today don't want to have anything to do with the new digital modes. And really, that's fine. You know, it's their choice, their station. But I'd like you to keep an open mind. Does anybody remember PSK31? That mode is still kicking around, you know. There used to be a digital PSK contest called a death match, where you would use PSK31 and make contacts. And they actually gave away some cool prizes. They actually gave away swords. (laughs) Yeah, you can imagine that. You win a contest and you win a sword. How cool is that? Well, it was discontinued for some reason. I can only imagine why. So how do you contest digitally? Well, unlike SSB or CW, you absolutely have to use a computer. Well, you know, not really. Some radios have RTTY built in. And some have PSK31 built in. So if you just want to get a feel for it, you can actually just fire it up and go to town. I would really recommend getting a computer set up with logging software and digital software though. My software choice is N1MM Logger, written by a team of developer developers led by Tom N1MM. You will also need some digital software. For RTTY, I like to use MMTTY and two-tone. For other digital modes, I use fl Digi, and for the JT modes, I of course use WSJTX, although there is another package called JTDX, but it's the same thing basically. So all of these are freely available. In N1MM, you can then set up digital decoder windows that work integrated with the logging software. And you can have, for example, two-tone and MMTTY in different windows. Many RTTY contesters are very skilled at looking at two and three decoding windows because they all vary a little bit depending on the algorithm of the decoder. But you can just start with one to make it simple. There are a number of guides on the internet that explain how to work with this. Maybe in the face group we'll link some and you can take a look. So if you want to use PSK31 or a similar keyboard mode, however, you can in some contests. So this is the thing. A lot of these contests were centered around RTTY. But there are a few of them that tend to allow other modes. One of them is the ARRL RTTY Roundup. The weak signal JT modes are another matter. Contests tend to treat these modes with caution. Particularly due to the ability to automate some steps of the workflow. VHF and UP, you know, they generally don't have a problem with them, but HF contests tend to treat them somewhat like a novelty. So far among the uh, mainstream digital mode contests, RTTY Roundup is really the only one to specifically allow FT8, but they only do so with the conditions that auto sequencing cannot be used. I do think eventually the contesting world will catch up to this, but it'll take time and investigation, and some convincing. If you've been watching discussion over at the CQ contest mailing list, you'll see how it's gotten rather intense, and you know, a lot of contesters don't like the idea of these quote unquote robots on the air, but at the same time there are people who are saying, bring it on. I think eventually, you know, time will tell what happens. So what are the advantages of using digital for contests? Well, in the last major contest that I used digital in, I used the weak signal modes. And that was the ARRL June VHF contest. I found that digital weak signal modes generally brought a lot of people who would not normally contest out of the woodwork and enable us to work more contacts and multipliers. But it may have also hurt our score a little bit. The problem with the weak signal modes is that generally you're restricted to preset exchanges and you can't really tell someone to work you on another band. That's a thing in VHF contests, you want to get people on other bands. That was something we encountered. Oh, and about that 5.9, the JT modes don't use that system, instead they calculate a report based on the noise level and signal level relative to the noise. It output that to decibels. And I guess you could say everybody's not 5'9 after all. Sorry, Christian. Finally, I do offer this word of advice. This is your hobby. This is your comfort level. And don't think that you're obligated to use a particular mode. All I can say, however, is don't knock it until you've tried it. For 100 Watts and a Wire, I am Rhea Jaram, N2RJ.
1: 100 Watts and a Wire. Activity Days. I know everybody
0: is juiced up about going to Dayton this week. Please drive safely, but mark on your calendars before you head off, June 7th through the 9th, the 100 watts a wire antenna tune-up. Anybody can get on the air. If you have an antenna, bring it and get on the air. Tell somebody what you're working with and make as many contacts as you can. My goal is to get as many hams on the radio as we can, worldwide, okay? That's what we wanna do June 7th through the 9th. You don't have to be indoor, you don't have to be outdoor, you can be mobile, you can be on a hilltop, sitting there with some iced tea at your base station. If you have an antenna, this is the time to celebrate it and tell people what you're working with. Travel safe friends, I can't wait to hear everything that you've purchased, don't spend mama's retirement fund Make sure you have a nice, warm place to sleep when you get home. She will bust your head. She will bust that ass. I don't know. I've heard and read a lot of stories. Going back to QSTs from 1946. Went to Dayton. Bought too much. Mama busted that ass. It's all in there. I'm not making this stuff up. You know what I'm talking about. And you know friends that do this. They go spend a little too much money. And then next thing you know, you read about them in a magazine. Yep. There he is with a black eye. Have a great time. Have a blast. We'll catch up with you again. I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise.
1: To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsandawire.com.